do you look gay enough? It's that, that's do the I look question. gay? That's the question. Oh, you look do like a Backstreet Boy. So, yeah, pretty much. Awesome. Don't you dare tell me I look like a Backstreet Boy. <laughs> I have way more street cred than them. I'm way cooler. Everybody has, well, has no, actually, way no, more I'm a fucking nerd. I'm not cool in the then. slightest. <laughs> New kids on the block. But I'm going for to I'm going for the hundred footer today. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Murdering a Podcast. Um, we wanted to do something a little bit different today, and this might be one of the few times where we actually have a video when we put it on YouTube as a mm. sort of film thing. So it might be an interesting thing to do. Um, but in this episode, we're going to be taking a film. Well, the idea, original idea was we'll take a really, really bad film yeah. and we'll look at the story and see if we can fix the story, what we like and what we don't like. Let's throw some bits out and keep some bits and then uh, stick that into the Dan Harmon story cycle and see if we can come up with a better plot than they originally had and fix the problems that original film had. Today, however, we're doing a film that actually both of us really liked <laughs> when we were younger and are now looking back and going, oh, actually, Nate, yeah, that, that would have been better if that was the case and that would have been better if that was the case. So today we're going to take a look at Supergirl. Yes. We'll be back after these titles. Welcome to Murdering a Podcast, two writers' journey to produce a narrative murder mystery. Okay, so Supergirl, um, I'd, I'd, I'd said in our... In our group chat, this is a film that when I was a kid, when I was like six years old, I think I was six. I can't remember when it came out. Mm. Eight years old. Um, uh, Nineteen eighty-four. So I would have been four, and you're how many years older than me? Three, four. I'd have been. I'd have been six. I'd have been six yeah. when it was released. Yeah, so you were so right, I yeah. probably saw it when I was seven or eight because that's when yeah. it would have been on telly, and I don't think we went to the cinema to see it. Um, it, Supergirl is is one of these films that I used to love because back then in the mid eighties there that it was that and Superman there weren't any other superhero things around apart from the Batman TV series or mm. you know uh, Flash Gordon so, or something like that so so very cheesy but I mean well to be fair Flash yeah. Gordon it's got uh, what's his name Brian Blessed in it and so anything <laughs> with Brian Blessed in it it's automatically alive. Yes, <laughs> it's Gordon's automatically the best thing <laughs> I've ever seen. You can't it's, hate it's, Brian Blessed, though, it's can you? Horribly, horribly camp, but it's yes. so much fun, and so that's good. why it's fine. You know, because uh, Brian Blessed. I mean, who doesn't love Brian, Brian Blessed? Blessed. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Just but, national treasure. But Supergirl came at a time. It was a, a kind of interesting um, in terms of the the what happened with the franchise because it was. Um, it was the Songkins who were, were producing it, but I think at the time they'd moved to Canon or somewhere like that with the promise of an awful lot more money to do stuff with. And so that's when Superman 3 happened. And then Superman, uh, sorry, Supergirl and Superman 4 were kind of in development at the same time. Um, they put a lot of money into Supergirl, but there were still sort of massive restrictions, and that's probably something that we'll end up talking about. Um, so things like there's a bit in the film where there's an invisible monster. Well, that was clearly because they didn't have the budget to do everything else. But in terms of all the other effects, actually, it looked an awful lot better than Superman 3 did. Mm. Um, and 
And yet there were some really you know a, a lot of it's very good the acting is really good the sure yeah there's for the a, most part for the most there's, part there's some there are a couple of moments of scenery moments sure <laughs> Where are you within just the went... context of what no. it is and the yes. time it was made and you know it, you can go back to lex luther in in uh the original superman film and go okay well there's some chewing of the scenery moments there as well and it's perfectly fine because again context of the film and everything so i i liked the acting in it i liked the fact that they had some good comic relief but it wasn't overly pushed you know it wasn't just stupidly comic like the richard Pryor uh superman 3 bits um and I would say like the, the the Batman series as well, which was very, very aimed at the sort of the cheesy, the pow, smack, wham, gee, Batman kind of like. Well, that in and of itself came from a, a, a time because there, uh, there was a comics, the comics code in America stopped comics like Batman, specifically comics like Batman, from mm. being all dark and edgy and, you know, based on gangsters and the guy being a vigilante killing gangsters, essentially. And so where the the books that they produced ended up being sillier and sillier and lighter and lighter. And the 60s series was based on those comic books. So that's mm. why it was it was camp, partly because it fitted in with the with the kind of the era. But mostly because I mean it doesn't mean I didn't love it thing. growing up. I mean, don't oh, get me I, wrong, I, still I absolutely I, loved it. So you know what? I I think <laughs> Batman is one of the best comedy series yes. of the sixties. And I think with that one, I mean, whenever I think of the the the, the old style Batman and this Batman TV series, I always think of the old Only Fools and Hor Horses episode where you've got Rodney and Delboy running down the road as Batman and Robin, and it's just that will always forever stick in my. And you would have never had that scene, that iconic scene. <laughs> If you if you haven't seen it and you want to find it, the episode is called Heroes and Villains, and it's oh, very brilliant. very good. Oh, it's the best very episode good. of best episode <laughs> ever. So, <laughs> so, with this whole backdrop of a company that wants to save a lot of money but is still trying to produce a superhero flick, um, mm. that are trying to learn some of the lessons from the previous Superman thing that they did. Yeah, the, uh, they they wanted to produce Supergirl, and they got an awful lot of stuff right for the time, for the age. If we were updating it now, probably you'd do a few things differently. But again, that's what we're going to talk about. So Supergirl itself, basic story is uh, a Kryptonian device is accidentally sent to Earth. Yep. And uh, Kara Zor-El, who is Supergirl, um jumps into a, a, a an escape pod, essentially, uh, and goes to try and find it, because if she doesn't get it back in time, her city is going to be destroyed. I think it's the Arthur last city. remaining remnants it of... Is the um, yes, one of the last remaining remnants of, of Krypton. Yeah. Um, the, uh, she then forgets about that for about half an hour while she goes to school, because yep. that's what you do when you're a kid. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, the device is found by uh, well, it lands in the picnic of a witch called Selena, who uses it to to uh, augment her powers. And the first thing she, she does is go, "Oh, look, there's a pretty man over there. I'll go and uh, seduce him." Well, no, I'll I'll give him a love drug so that he falls in love with me. <laughs> this this guy who is then in her building then escapes from the building wanders down the street <laughs> and we're meant to believe that the very first woman who he lays his eyes on is uh, Supergirl's alter ego about half an hour later. 
Considering the number of people who walks past, it's <laughs> yeah. like... You can see women in the shot of the yeah. thing as she walks past. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we completely forget about the reason why she's in the, in the first yeah. place at that point. Then there's this convoluted... Um, uh, very, very, very slow chase with a bulldozer. <laughs> with drama- overly dramatic music. Overly we have dramatic to have music. The- this is the first major action set piece for Supergirl to to, to do something. And you she doesn't do would- the one thing that you would expect Superman to do, go and pick the bloody bulldozer up. Yeah. No, she destroys half the town. <laughs> I mean, it does remind me, the the extremely slow chase with the bulldozer reminds me of the Austin Powers moment with the... Yes. Um, <laughs> with the yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That roller, roller thing where he's yeah. going, no! And then, it is it's a camp and cheesy and kind of fun, but the, there's bits of it that would would be changed nowadays. <laughs> very changed. Very. Um, so uh, he falls love in love with uh, Supergirl's alter ego, um, and then does he get kidnapped? Or she goes poof, and then he ends up in chains on her bed. That's. With his top right. off. He, wear, he has his top off through 90% of the film, which I thought wasn't fair because none of the women had their tops off. <laughs> only only <laughs> lesbians can get away with saying that. that really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's going in. That's going in. Uh, so then, all of a sudden, we remember that if, if, if Supergirl doesn't get this thing back to Argo City within two days, this is the end of day one, within two days, then the whole city is going to be destroyed. And, uh, and she, she finally notices that something's lit up, and so she goes to try and find it. Yes. Um, playing into the hands of uh, uh, the, of Selena, who sends her to the Phantom Zone. Am I getting Phantom this Zone? Up? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Uh, she does go to the Phantom Zone because she has to climb up the wall with all the fireballs that completely miss them and still manage to knock off the guy right. who's with her. Who's with her? Yeah, because so, he yes, literally goes, goes over zone. his head, completely misses him, and he's like, ah, and falls off. <laughs> and then she meets Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear my brain just went straight to who's having a tea party with Aladdin <laughs> um. <laughs> so Peter, o- Peter O'Toole is playing a, a scientist called Zoltar Zoltan something like that Zoltan like, not Zoltan lit- Zoltan is the future box in um, in in big uh, that's it, Zoltan yes. is the- <laughs> yes, you're Zoltar. Right. Zoltar I think it's Zoltar it, you know what I watched this yesterday and I still can't remember it <laughs> that's yes, a <laughs> yeah. I, oh, it's Zoltar. I've written it in my notes. It's down here. <laughs> um, he helps her traverse the Phantom Zone and get out in, in a scene that we don't really see because they're essentially walking through a wasteland. Um, she then appears, for some reason, they've hung... Uh, Jimmy Olsen and Lois Lane's sister and uh, the and, and Peter Cook, who in is giant metal in balls. giant metal balls. Yeah, uh, but I, I don't know if that's trying to say something. Um, above, <laughs> <laughs> above a room, and uh, Supergirl appears in that room 
Uh, and and I, <laughs> Selena, in the meantime, has become sort of full on take over the world. She's got stormtroopers. She's got yeah. a Rolls Royce that she drives around in, and has created <laughs> a giant mountain that she lives inside. Yeah, um, just magically. I don't. I don't know why every supervillain needs a mountain. That's just why yeah, that course. happens. It's it's just everything that a supervillain needs, isn't it? They just need a giant mountain yeah. with some random building on the top of it. Where they can do their evil plan. So Supercars comes comes in there to re- to release the uh, the the prisoners, uh, and Selena tries to stop a flying woman by making the floor a bit uneven. <laughs> I, I've said that at the wrong time because because Tash is taking a drink and they can't swallow. <laughs> <laughs> I can't put that in the video, you know. <laughs> Strangely enough, she flies out of that trap. Oddly, uh, yes. <laughs> I just nearly choked on my tea. <laughs> was oh, and I that forgot about so the bullies. In the t- once she was oh, at oh, school, yeah. she's dealt yes, with two bullies. bullies. <laughs> Who again? She's got a day to find this thing, or a, yeah. a, a it's amazing. Place though, don't, you, don't you find though? It's amazing how she immediately goes to using her superpowers to deal with the bullies. But when she's on the floor, that's all unstable. She's on the floor going, "What do I do?" Yeah, this is, this <laughs> like, is come on, Green! You have all this power. Just use it. So, Selena, oh. the witch, has inadvertently, with the help of this MacGuffin, because it is a MacGuffin. It's a little it spinny yeah. bally MacGuffin thing. Um, uh, has come some sort of demony thing that we don't really get into but you know who cares um and that's what's channel what's giving her all of this power and in order for her to for supergirl to stop the witch the witch has to just look at the demon thing that's it that's all that's got to happen and then everything's right <laughs> that's and that's the end of the movie uh, <laughs> that's a very good summer 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 summary of the movie Someone's i like, think this took us a little bit longer than the two minutes that i'd written to spend on actually telling you what the backstory yeah, was. There's yeah. good reason behind this. So let's get into this. What what do we actually like from the movie? What was stuff? If we were going to, you know, if we're look, looking at this again to rewrite it, what would we keep? What stuff do we like? Well, f- I mean, for me as a as a young girl, um, Superwoman. I, there's there was always like the the heroes were always men. And what that you watched on TV. Now I've I've always been quite a masculine woman, and I always I wanted to be the bloody hero, you know, and be rescuing the girl. And I was like, even though I wasn't out as gay yet, I hadn't figured it out. I don't know why. <laughs> that was a clue. That was a clue. I think, but I wanted to be the rest. I didn't want to be rescued, and I was watching the and and Supergirl gave me a woman who was supposed to be powerful and strong and overcoming all of these obstacles. And for me, it was like, oh my God, women can be superheroes too. And it was it was that, because back then it wasn't really represented was as well. quite interesting, and you're right, it wasn't very represented as well. But what I thought was quite interesting is she was very powerful and very strong. She was very feminine as well. And so it, it, yes. it's like, it gives you the duality of that character, which was quite because- nice. This is the thing. I mean, it, it, there is this kind of stereotype where they, where, where people assume that if you are feminine, you are weak um, as a woman, and if you're masculine, there's something wrong with you. So <laughs> you can't win. <laughs> so it's like it is really nice to see like the representation of a beautiful feminine woman 
um, kicking the butt of some, you know, well, okay, like floundering and then kicking the butt of, of, of supervillains or whatever. Uh, you know, however we then <laughs> approach this, we have to remember that every story is you put your main character in harm's way, you throw yes. every amount of crap at them that you can, and they've got to get out of that some way. So they're not going yeah. to succeed all the time. And, and it would be a boring story if they did, um, but they will find a path to, to succeeding, which is them overcoming the obstacles and stuff that you've placed in front of them. So I pause my microphone so that I can stir my tea and not make a racket. It's, otherwise, it sounds like a kettlebell. It's a bit of a racket. It sounds like you've got some sort of gong. I have. It's, a, it's, it's like bucket. that bit in, in The Golden Child where he's, he's doing the, the, the things. Well, the other tea that I was drinking was my pre-cup of tea cup of tea because I have to wait for the other one to brew because that's a loose-leaf tea. Right, so this tea, the tea in this cup... This, is, this might take a right, while. The tea in this cup, which is my little porcelain tigger cup, is it was just normal tea bag tea, right? Because the tea in my giant um, kettlebell that I was just stirring, this giant bucket of tea here is loose leaf tea and that takes about five or ten minutes to to brew and i'm really impatient when it comes to my tea so i have a pre-cup of tea cup of tea and then my actual proper cup of tea there you go that's how it works that's how it i'm works. very very british it's <laughs> <laughs> more british than i am you know that's uh, far more british than i am. <laughs> oh, i'm obsessed with going, tea i really am i actually have back, a corner in my kitchen going back to supergirl <laughs> So that's something we liked. We liked that yeah. there's that power. We liked that, that yeah. Um, I liked I also, the fact that it was magic that was the the, the antagonist because uh, if, you, you, if you don't know the comics, then magic is one of the few things that can actually affect Kryptonians. So mm. you, you see Superman a lot fighting x y or z villain you know he's going to win because he's got all of the powers and that's one of the major problems that superman has as a character he's got he's too powerful in many respects this is one of the things i've noticed again it, it's similar with the hulk in in the marvel universe where they kind of have to disable the most powerful character for the majority yeah. of the film and then right at the end da, 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 comes to save the day um when you're dealing with because you have to have such an extremely powerful um, super villain in order to go up against those it's it, you know to, to yeah. create someone that powerful um, was just yeah and, I, and again, again talking about kind of power levels and things for a very long time it was said that Hulk was the most powerful being in in the Marvel universe so you're dealing with people who are kind of right at the top of it. How do you, you know, managing that is a problem. So you need something that's yeah. really, you know, that, that really does have to go up against, they do have to go up against something that is genuinely dangerous and genuinely a, a problem for them. Otherwise, then again, there's no drama in it. If there's no conflict, there's no drama. And if, if you know they can just get away with whatever it is, then there's there's no drama. Um, well, it would be a very short film. Yes. <laughs> to be yeah, well, I mean, yes. <laughs> well, you're, you're I am the bad that. guy. Pew, pew, out of my eyes. Oh, the bad guy's dead. Bye. <laughs> you say that, but I'm sure when we're talking about some of these films, we will end up seeing some films where that absolutely happens, where that mm. where the protagonist can deal with absolutely everything straight away with no problems whatsoever. They are out there. Um, yeah. The other thing I quite liked was Peter Cook and Bianca characters as kind of comic relief. 
Um, because I think you do yeah. need a bit of that in a, in a film like this, even if it's not quite as, you know, in your face. Sorry, just going back to when you were saying about the magic and stuff, like I do like the idea with the magic and stuff. And I think we were saying earlier that one of the problems that I had is that she had to be the the the, the, the being a witch was quite badly done because yeah. back then sort of Wiccan communities were seen uh, as devil worshippers and and what have you. And you were mentioning things like the Scarlet Witch has done very, very well because it's it's not representing the sort of the the coven of the of the Wiccan sort of you know, no, it's, it's, and stuff. it's not and it, taking something. Very, very it's like much. you were saying actually about the Kiltendale no. stuff. We're not taking yeah. real world things and then imbuing them with whatever thing we want them to have. We're taking something new and mm. then we're, we're saying, well, this is why it does it. It's because it's our thing. We can do what we want with it. And I think that's a better approach to doing something like this. Actually, you could take something like one of the cults in Lovecraft and, and sort of, um, substitute that for what we've got in Supergirl and play on that eldritch horror thing and which in the DC universe links a lot with with Raven's character if you ever watched the Titan series uh Raven oh, no, is a, that's really good actually it's worth okay, a watch that's going to be going on my list I've got a new toy to watch my video <laughs> my my things on so I'm like cool <laughs> Titans available should be available on Netflix, I think. Um, awesome. Well, I've just I've just finished Stranger Things, so um, uh, we <gasps> have to have a conversation about that at some point because yeah. my god, that was good. Oh yes, um, <laughs> I just wanted to sort of go with in terms of the Wiccan things and the misrepresentation of it because they do it in Sabrina the Teenage Witch on that on that series again. A lot of the symbolism they use for t- the satanic rituals and the Satanism is actually pagan or yeah. um, Wiccan yeah. or, or Druid. Um, please, please, please excuse me if I get the, the you know get this wrong because <laughs> I am an atheist myself, so I don't. Although I well, know the statue, the main to, statue they use is the. Uh, is it is it the Church of Satanists or something? This is where we need the Melzer on here because she is the because she knows this stuff. All, oh, she knows all. This is her nerd out. This is her nerd out <laughs> moment, and I love talking to her about this stuff. But, but it not is, that she gets a word a, in edgeways, but you know, <laughs> it, is, it is something from a actual recognised, even if you don't believe yeah. in it yourself, recognised church, and mm. they are saying actually this series is, um, uh, you know, it's not representative of us. Um, and I yeah. did notice there is a moment when Supergirl's gone off the floor and she flies up. Then there's a little, the same statue as yeah. the camera pulls up. You see the same statue and you go, okay, that's that's making those same mistakes there. Yeah. And you don't and need to do it. That's the thing. No, um, because a lot you, of pagan and Wiccan religions and, and or belief systems are actually, you know, they're not satanic. They're not evil. They are essentially worshipping nature um, and they worship the gods as nature. Please correct me if I'm wrong, If, but yeah, that's what I understand. I've got a lot of friends in the sort of the pagan world and, and they're all just lovely people and wouldn't harm a fly. That's the whole point is they wouldn't <laughs> harm the flies. They wouldn't yeah. even harm a fly, let alone a human being. So I don't like the way they've kind of used the sort of that, that 
existed, you know, they've kind of made those implications. There are so many ways they could have done that differently. Like you said, with things like eldritch cults, or maybe she could have found the power somewhere else and then created a cult out of it rather than a well, coven. Demons exist in the DC, this is kind of the, the point I was yeah. getting on to. Uh, the, the character Rachel Roth or Raven has a human mother and a demon father. And the, a lot of that character is about that duality and is, is about uh, her having to overcome the fact that she doesn't want to become the demon, you know. Uh, mm. So those already exist in the universe. They could have taken something like that and played on it rather than going and be, uh, and Selena to be fair is a completely new character it's not in any of the comics and uh and maybe that was a good thing for the time but we've we've expanded that universe so much now there's m- yeah. so much more you could do with it um so what about other things that we we didn't like um because that's what we're kind of getting on to now, yeah, isn't it? I mean, there, there wasn't. I mean, the, like I say, the main those were the main two things. It was it was that sort of that concept or the the st- the, the sort of the harmful view of, of of motivations behind behind women, which is that oh, we all we want is boys. I can assure you, we don't. And <laughs> like, well, this one doesn't. And you know, it's it's that's not on our forefront of, of our mind and it plays very very much into that sort of patriarchal i'm a huge feminist if you haven't figured out um and and you know that 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 damaging construct of society where we're saying well you know all a woman wants is to swoon and will she will forget about everything else which is you know what we've just been talking about she she has mm. this really essential mm. mission like you said she's got two days to find this item that would kill and, and if she doesn't everyone she knows dies and she gets distracted by a boy and he, like, the film becomes <laughs> about a boy yeah. and he's not even that well i don't i'm not exactly objective on this but it's he I, girls come on straight girls tell me is he really that that, that attractive because i don't think he is i've i've no idea like, you don't, I'm didn't. sure you're you're about as clueless as me when it comes to attractive men. I mean, I yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like if I see an attractive man, I just want to hug him. I see Jason Momoa, and I go, "Oh, I bet he gives good hugs." I'm not thinking <laughs> about like, you know, seriously. I mean, that, I, that again, this should have been a clue a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> so I've I've got a I've got it's not that long, but I've got a laundry list of things that I think I'd like to change that, that would would make things better. Uh, Zoltar mm. and the MacGuffin. I don't think you need it. No. Um, you could get rid of the first 11 minutes of that film. You don't need the Argo City stuff because actually in the comics, Argo City is destroyed and that's why Kara comes to Earth in the first place. So you could already do that bit without having to... And and again, you lose a lot of mess with the whole thing, which is the MacGuffin, which is the Zoltar bit, which is uh, seeing her in in, home. Uh, You know, there's there's a lot of that stuff that that is it, it doesn't help the plot and i'm saying mm. that doesn't help the plot because you've got this soggy middle bit where she enrolls in a school where, which is not forwarding her mission at all yeah. and it's ignoring the ticking clock that you've set up at the beginning of the thing with the city anyway so what's the point in it I, I've got to agree, like the setup, I was watching it, I was thinking, well, this there's just something that's not hitting right with this setup. And I think, mm. you know, the whole point is, like you said, if the there was a more, she was sent to Earth because her planet was destroyed yeah. um, and she comes here and then there's a, you know, a, we needed a stronger plot, we needed a stronger motivation for her and, and, and what have you. Um, 
but yeah, it, it, I found it quite, you know, you, you're setting up and you go, oh, it's pretty. And then, <laughs> yeah. but again, she kind of gets, gets, gets almost infantilized at that point where she's sitting and playing with this magic wand on the floor like a child and then sends this giant um bug thing through the very paper thin walls (laughs) of this this magnificent city out into the 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 um atmosphere that then sucks all of the fucking air out and they have to quickly repair it with the magic paper thin walls i mean that's a problem in, in of itself yeah yeah, and um, the, the whole sort of um, uh, uh, the what, what was it geophysics or something that mm, they they're talking six it, dimensional geophysics or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it it's and I'm like it it's something that you might put in a sci-fi film, yeah. and and if even if you put it in a sci-fi film, most sci-fi fans would go. Yeah, that's bollocks. That's, it's that's like, what was it? Is it 2021 where he goes, the neutrons are mutating? You're like, it doesn't fucking happen, dude. That's just, it's not the thing. Um, I think Dario Breen does a beautiful stand-up about the neutrons mutating because he used to be a physicist. So it's like, and you're like, yeah, that, that you, just doesn't. You know a little bit. No, is it the neutrons or the photons that are mutating? Oh, I can't okay, remember. No, it doesn't matter. But one of them the is mutating and then the whole of the earth is destroyed. It's like, no, that's yeah. not, no. <laughs> Let's just pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, that's not how. Otherwise, it's work. a great. Fa- we can we do it's, that film next because that was fucking. That was. <laughs> can we please? Because that was terrible. <laughs> it's one of those. It's one of those lines that writers put in because it sounds good. But, but if you know anything about it, then it's it's a bit like the gel man media. Do you know what the gel man media effect is? No, I don't. Uh, okay, so Michael Crichton was at a dinner at some point with the physicist. I think he is Murray Gelman. Um, and he, uh, Crichton reported that this is something that Murray Gelman had said. It's a Nobel Prize winning physicist, as far as I'm aware. Um, Gelman, not Michael Crichton. He wrote Jurassic yeah, I'm Park. Getting, yeah. <laughs> um, so he said that if you know something about a subject, you can read an article in a magazine or in a newspaper or see something on uh, on a news report on TV about that subject and you will know that it is nonsense that they've got so much wrong about the subject that as as to be completely uh pointless as an article Mm. but you will turn the page and you will read the next article which is about something completely different that you don't know about and you will believe every single word of it yes it's it's called the gel man media effect unless you are a massive stuff Unless you're a massive nerd or you're autistic <laughs> and you're like and, me. And you go and sort of figure out everything about something. And you see anything you can, and you yeah. go, is that true? I now have to obsessively research that for months. <laughs> Thanks. Um, which so, yeah, is my the, thing. The, the, this is, <laughs> films do the same thing. Films will yeah. lay out some sort of psychobabble about something and you believe it because it's in a film and you've suspended your disbelief for the film. But yeah. if you know anything about it, those are the sorts of things that really stick in your head and go... But that's so wrong. It's you when know? they it's when they get the colour of the blood wrong, right? So <laughs> for me, or <laughs> wound. Because I did I when I when we set up this uh, murder scenes when we were doing before the pandemic and we were able to do the live shows. We 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 will eventually do live shows again when we've got money, but like pandemic crippled us. But um we're trying to sort of get back up. But we do not give up. But yeah, so the when we were doing the those 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 live shows and stuff. 
Um, I would be responsible for setting up a lot of the crime scenes. So one of the things I would do, and we, I go into like ridiculous amounts of detail. Um, I am an accuracy pedant. So if you don't know what that means, it's, it's not, I don't have to be right. I just have if, to be accurate. If you, don't know what it, <laughs> if you don't know what it means, you don't have to know what it means because Tash will explain it to you. Yeah, I will in that's, great detail. That's the... <laughs> That, that's what that's it is. That's what, so, what she means. Um, never ask me about a special interest or a hyperfixation, <laughs> ever. Because <laughs> you will get a barrage of information. But anyway, so um, where was I? So I was talking about, yeah, so the blood thing. So whenever I see any kind of sort of special effects on TV, if the blood colour's wrong, I'm like, that's too bright, that's too dull, that's wrong. And unfortunately, when you use real blood, and this is a fun fact, if you use real blood on TV, on for cameras, because of the way it, it, it picks up it the light, right. yeah. no, it looks fake. Because um, yeah. there's a there's a couple of films where I've seen it where they've actually used like real animal blood, and you're just like, no, that's fake. Or photos of real crimes, <laughs> and you're like, is that real? Um, I mean, there was yeah. a scene, going back to Supergirl, where she's squeezing a rock, and then she lets go and she's just got this pool of blood on her hand. There's no cut. There's nothing there. It's just blood. Just blood. Like, you're like, that's just lazy. Which shouldn't have happened anyway, but that's... No, because uh, she's bloody Supergirl. She's Supergirl. But is it Supergirl who did that? Oh, is, no, it is Supergirl who does that, doesn't it? She, it is Supergirl who does that. Yeah, who squeezes, squeezes the rock. rock. I'm not and, misremembering. No, and you're like, sure considering that. somebody did a hockey puck at her and it exploded on her back and then she squeezes <laughs> a rock and gets blood out of it. I yeah. mean, it's like getting blood out of a stone. She literally got blood out of a stone because she... Yes doesn't bleed yeah. and there was another thing where they were throwing shit at her and she was sitting there and scared of it and you're like dude you, <laughs> your but skin yes, is like steel the, the reason <laughs> that that, that it doesn't feel right is because it's not set up to begin with we might yeah. come on to this a little bit later because i've got a few ideas about that Ooh. so those are things that that we're not like um i i don't like the fact that she just has her powers yeah she she explodes from the water and then can do everything. I would have loved it if she kind of, if part of that first part of the film was just discovering I can do this. Yeah, because she couldn't and do it back where she lived, and no. now she now she can. And the magical way she managed to get she because she was she went in there in a white dress and then came out dressed as Supergirl. Like I mean. Yes, I mean, Superman had the generating abilities is is not yeah, yeah it's not one of the things they do but there's a couple of times where she manages to do that yeah in the film she sees somebody and then manages to magically change the color of her hair change all of her clothes I'm like that's not one of her powers and it's not what it's, it's not the way the character works in the comics it's it's clearly an invention for the thing yeah um, and I I wouldn't mind actually. Much like Man of Steel, if you didn't see the Superman stuff mm. or the Supergirl co costume and everything for a good chunk of that, even it might not even be in the whole thing. The whole thing could be the journey to becoming Supergirl. That that I I absolutely agree with because again, instead of that squishy bit where she's going into the school and and enrolling and forgetting about her time two days <laughs> she's got before her entire <laughs> you know civilization is destroyed, she you know. She could have. It could have been a lot more fun, and I think a lot more interesting to see um, her the clumsiness of, of of you know. I would have liked to have seen her do the the great like the the an impression of the American's greatest hero. If you've ever seen not seen that series, you have to watch it. Where she comes out and goes. Ah! flails and then goes straight into a tree i love or, that series it was oh, brilliant. so good isn't it so um fun. it's always the same effort thing of him flying isn't it yeah. like, ah! 
yeah. Yes, the same um, Yeah. It's so good. But anyway, so I'm so glad I'm not alone in having seen that. But she... You know, I would love to have seen something Believe like that. Believe it or a... not, I'm walking yes, on air. Never thought I would be so free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, love that. Brilliant, brilliant. Such too. a good show. If you haven't seen it, honestly, find it, watch it, view it. It's a beautiful, it's so good. You will cry, your stomach will hurt. You'll be laughing that much. Yes. But um, Ralph is brilliant. I love Ralph. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, such a good I, name I, I for totally... superhero as well. Ralph. I mean, yes. I totally agree with the change of uniform thing. I have got that written down. Yeah. I had to rewind it three times to go, how the fuck did you get into that? Bitch? <laughs> you know, um, but she, she doesn't have thing. to, she doesn't have to uh, compromise at all throughout the film. And that, I no. think if you could see her, you know, she, because the super characters, that super family, clearly have a very strong moral streak running through them. That's that's Absolutely. part of the characters. But to put somebody like that in a situation where the only option they've got is to take something, yeah, that's that's great character development and, and growth. And then to see that pay off, perhaps at the end, where they mm. return it or they return it plus something else you know would yeah. would be nice. But we don't get any of that. We don't get any character growth at all. Now. We saw a cut of this film that was two hours and three minutes long. Oh, I saw it. I saw whatever was on uh, Prime because I didn't. I didn't have anywhere to download the. Oh, okay, to. I just, all right. I just went on I with Prime. So. I don't know what's on Prime. The one that I've got, which was for the international release, is two hours odd, odd long. There's a director's cut which is two hours and eighteen minutes long, which mm. has a little bit more character growth but not really enough to kind of save it. And it doesn't really have those moments in it still that, that kind of save the problem. Um, so, yes, change of uniform thing. The school, I, I can't... I, I get why they've That's done it. it. They need to meet... Learn, uh, uh, Lisa, uh, Laura, Lana, Leany, Looney, yeah. something yes. Lane. Lane. Uh, yeah. not, uh, what's her name? Lane's <laughs> Lo sister. Lois Lane's sister, yeah. That, yeah, they need to meet Is her because Lane? she's... Uh, ooh, or Lucy Lane. I really, it might be Lucy. Might be Lucy Lane. I, but it's but, another LL. Uh, um, yeah, they yeah. keep, they keep, this is the one of the rules of writing is don't have all the net characters with the same bloody names. I cannot, but I couldn't remember. Yeah, uh, they've always done that sort of alliterative thing in. Um, yeah, but you've got two characters because with LL, because it's Lo Lucy yeah. Lane, and then Kara ha takes on a name that's LL, and they're both. But they shouldn't, they, they shouldn't have joke. done that. Cara's in the comics is Cara Danvers, so they should yeah. have just kept that going. They could have just kept yeah. Cara Danvers. There, there was yeah. no need to do that. I mean, there was that little funny bit where the teacher gets the names wrong and gets it backwards, but that was the only... It, I, if that's the only reason why they yeah, did it, it's, it's kind not of a worth it. Joke. That setup yeah. isn't <laughs> like, worth it, the whole thing. Um, yeah. Uh, so that uh, the truck chase, I think you, we need oh. a better act. We need a better set piece <laughs> to, that is is more fun and and yeah. Um, well, you were saying earlier that it's it's you know when you've got this slow motion whatever it was a uh, uh, clappy giant metal crocodile thing. What's it called? Um, bulldozer For forklift. Is For it? It's not a forklift. It's a what it's is it? A it's the giant thing with the. I call it giant metal crocodile thing. But yeah, that's what I'm calling it yeah. from now on. 
It's like so a bulldozer. Yeah, the big I know truck. What you mean, but it's, a, it's a big truck with a with a yeah, the thing on the front. thing. And and he's he's the guy's after having escaped from the baddie, having been dosed with love potion, is kind of doing this staggering the, slow motion. The guy, no, the guy who doesn't know he's escaped from the baddie. Oh, yeah. He's just been he's just been drugged and is now wandering the streets. I mean, and... this is date rape. I mean, I'm not being funny, <laughs> but it, it, this no, it is really where is. I've it really is. It is, and it, it's it's this is where I kind of go, well, I, I'm not feeling very comfortable with that because, the, yeah. you know, it, it, it's, it, you're essentially, she, she's, she's date raped this guy, or she's trying to date rape this guy. She's drugged this man to force him to fall in love with her. I mean, that is an evil thing to do anyway. So, but it, it just, yeah, it doesn't sit right with me. He's been, he's been drugged and he's wandering the streets and this, that, that I don't, I don't like that. That made me feel I, very, I, very uncomfortable. Again, I think get rid of him. He's not necessary. Oh, he was very not necessary. He was topless through 90% of that film, <laughs> as we have said. But yeah, I mean, when we go with that, that thing, and you said about um, what would Superman have done? He would have, he would have just gone, flown in, cha- tape, lifted it up, and you, you quite rightly pointed out, what do they get Kara to do? Fucking destroy the whole destroy town. The sun, and you're yeah. like, yeah, that, that's not, no. <laughs> that's just, that's wrong. The, uh, the, again, I think this is one of the fit. problems when you have a character that has so many powers and is so powerful mm. that the little things seem almost, it, you know, pointless. Well, she also stands like gormlessly staring at it for quite a while whilst it just terrorises everybody and then goes, oh, I might as well go and get something. And then rushes up and goes, oh, sorry, I'm in a rush. You're like, yeah, but you weren't in a rush 10 minutes ago, kid, while you were just watching that bulldozer destroy things and kill people. I mean, you know, you were just sort of gormlessly going, ugh. There's a a moment in there. That's not a representation of a female superhero that I want to see. (laughs) There's a moment in there where he's walking down the street and... Uh, they're with Jimmy Olsen, who's mm. come to visit Lane, who whatever her name Lane is. Lucy um, Lane, Larry yes. Lane, Larry yeah. Lane, Lou, Lou, something Lane, <laughs> Miss Lane. <laughs> yes, Miss Lane, because um, <laughs> which sounds like the plot. No. Um, <laughs> And Jimmy Olsen says to her, uh, says to Supergirl, oh, don't go up to him. He might have a knife or a gun or something. Now, if I was a superhero, that might be the time where I think I'd better do something about that then because other Mm. people could be in danger. Yes. Not Supergirl. That that seemed like such a weird time for to have that kind of but i don't know what's going on i'm gonna stand back and watch stuff because i think and i think that something like a crisis when she's first landed i think the crisis needed to come earlier where she lands on earth or she gets to earth she's not sure of her powers she's still trying to figure them out and then a crisis happens and then she's got to figure out how to use these new abilities in order to save somebody who is in imminent danger rather than just standing there gormlessly rushing off to the toilet getting a quick change and then oh just yes. stopping it it was just such a letdown i think no, they could yeah, have I know, spent I know a, what you mean. exactly what you mean. i think it would have been a much more effective and a much more engaging storyline had they put that catastrophe earlier and had her having to use that as a plot device to get her to figure out her powers while she's working towards the ultimate goal whatever that ultimate goal would be in that in 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 the rewrite totally agree now we have come to the end of this podcast 
because mm. we are limited. We limit ourselves on time on, on, on these podcasts. <laughs> so in next week's episode, you've heard us talk about the film. In next yep. week's episode, we are going to discuss how we would fix this. Mm. That should be very exciting. For, for us, it's happening right now. But you're going to have to wait a whole week. Yeah. It's, I, that sounds... We'll literally, we'll, yeah, but we'll literally record it straight <laughs> after this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you'll tell because I'll be wearing exactly the same outfit. <laughs> yes, and I'll have exactly the same voice on. Exactly. Uh, so, we're, yes, next week we're going to be talking about what we want our main character to be, what we want our, prote- our, our, our antagonist to be. We're going to try and fit all of that into the, the story circle. What can we change about this to make it better, to make it more dynamic, to, uh, you know, update where necessary, but uh, also to keep those bits that we we did like about it. And uh, mm. despite some of the things we said, actually, there is an awful lot to like about this film. Yeah, it was one of my favourite films growing up. I used to absolutely love it. And I've just got my headpiece, my earpiece tangled up in my hair. <laughs> um, I've, I've got one earpiece in. I can, I, it's, it's literally just tangled up but yeah it's um you know i used to love it as a kid it was one of my favorite i, I you know we're ripping it apart now but i absolutely loved that was when i was a little girl and, and, and think about it like this we're ripping it apart now so we can put it back better together. yeah next time and on oh, that uh, on that note uh come find us uh, at murderingapodcast.com where you can find links to our patreon where you can uh find show notes and you can find more information about us and what we are doing here until next time thanks ever so much for coming along thank you bye folks that was Murdering a Podcast, and if you'd like to find out more information about the podcast, the Mystery Lounge, or anything mentioned in the show, please head over to murderingapodcast.com. The music was The Secret of Tiki Island by Kevin MacLeod, and the producer was Steve Meller. Until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>